Hello and welcome today to another session of Interpreting the Word of God with Dr. DeLeon. Uh, today's topic is a topic of faith. And the title of today's podcast is Growing Our Faith. When we think of faith, uh, many times we uh, immediately think of uh, religion or religious uh, beliefs. And that is a part of it, uh, of course, that some people refer to one's faith as that. Uh, but uh, today we're going to talk to uh, you a little bit more about what faith actually is according to the scripture. And so uh, one of the best known stories is the story of the mustard seed and how the mustard seed is uh, its one of the smallest seeds that uh, is found. And uh, but when you plant mustard, it does grow to be a good, strong uh, plant. And uh, so... When we think about the mustard seed, I want us to think about not just the seed itself, uh, what it looks like, what it can be used for. Of course, we know it can be found in places like Pakistan, Canada, Nepal, Hungary, uh, and things of that nature. And uh, But the main thing that we want to get out of this is that though the mustard seed can be as small as one millimeter, it can grow to be uh, anywhere from 20 to 30 feet uh, in width and height. And so uh, it does become pretty pretty big. And uh, that's kind of the story that we're going to be using as a focal point or as a reference point as we go through faith. Now, when we uh, read in the book of Matthew, uh, in chapter 13, beginning begin the 31st verse to the 32nd verse, uh, we begin to understand that the scripture conveys unto us uh, this parable of the mustard seed. And so um, the, the verses begin something uh, as follows. Another parable be forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air can come and lodge in the branches thereof. Later in Matthew, Jesus speaks also on the topic of the mustard seed, and uh, he uh, is again focusing on the topic of faith when Jesus chooses to heal the boy that uh, has been uh, found with a demon in him. And so we find, uh, beginning at verse 14 of Mark, that the Bible reads as follows. And when they were come to the multitude, there came him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. He is sore vexed. So oft times he falls into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to the disciples, but thy disciples could not heal him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, You have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. You shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind go it not out but by prayer and fasting. And so the whole point of this, again, going back to the mustard seed, is that faith in Christ is a grace uh, that is wrought in the heart by the Holy Spirit. This is something that uh, we receive uh, from Christ as our Savior. The Bible tells us He's the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, we know that living by faith in Christ means that we are not only receiving salvation, and of course we did not merit that. We did not uh, deserve salvation. He He. Uh, demonstrated his grace unto us. That's why we receive salvation, not because we were worthy, not because we were perfect, not because we were holy, 
But because we lacked all those things, we lacked being holy, we lacked being perfect, we lacked being having the ability to be uh, sinless. And so we needed the grace of Christ. We needed the blood of Christ to be shed. And the Bible does tell us that there can be no forgiveness of sins uh, if there is no shedding of the blood. And so uh, the blood of Christ being shed on that cross, that's what gives us the ability to be able to come to him, to be forgiven, to be cleansed. And also, also, since he is the author and finisher of our faith, uh, he not only brings us that salvation through the faith, but that faith continues to grow just as that mustard seed as long as we're in him. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9 tells us, For by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves. And then he goes on to say, this is a beautiful part. He says it is the gift of God. First uh, Peter 1 and 7 also tells us that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold it perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found of praise and honor and glory to the appearing of Jesus Christ. In other words, uh, as the Bible tells us in another place, without faith it is impossible to please God. So if you're truly trying to strive to be a, a vessel that is honorable to God, that gives pleasure to God, that gives praise to God, you're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to believe that He is, that He is a rewarder of His people, that He is coming back. Remember, true faith, it's essential uh, for your growth and your relationship with Christ and your relationship with God. Uh, the Bible tells us that Christians overcome the world, not through the flesh, uh, but through the blood of Christ and the word of our testimony. Well, what are we testifying about? What is our testimony? Our testimony is an expression, an outward expression unto people, letting them know, hey, look, these are the great wonders. These are the great things. These are the mighty things that God has done in my life. These are things that, you know, I had no way out. I had no no uh, way to overcome. Uh, I was lost. I was undone. I was down. I was depressed. Uh, I was washed out. I was at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, whatever the case would be, Christ, when he pulls you out of that muck that we're in, of that hot mess that we're stuck in sometimes, uh, you know, that is that is something we can testify about. And so um, this, my key verse for today would come uh, as follows. And these two verses, or three verses, uh, convey the following. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And you might think, well, what does that got to do with you know, what we're talking about? Is Well, the whole point is that it is by faith that all these things that we're hoping for, that we hope are going to come to pass, that we hope that God, that we hope that God is going to fulfill, that we hope God is going to uh, bring to fruition in our lives, it's going to take that faith. You've got to continue to express your faith in God. Now remember, faith is not blind faith. Uh, faith doesn't mean, okay, uh, you know, uh, God is a, you know, he's, he's a vending machine, a slot machine, or or, you know, he's a, a, a register, you know, I click a button and boom, cha-ching, something comes out. No, no, it's not like that. Uh, you pray in faith to God. God will impress upon you what his desire is, what his will is. And as we pray in faith unto God and hope in God and believe in him, that what he has said he's going to bring to pass will come to pass. That's having faith in God. For example, the Bible tells us that uh, he's not winning that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. Well, that is the will of God. And so when you're praying for people in your family to to be saved, for God to forgive them, for God to, to bring them into uh, a relationship with Him, uh, to be able to walk with Him, 
that's something you're praying that is the will of God. The, the scripture brings out, it bears out that that is the will of God. Uh, when we're praying for people that are sick, the Bible tells us that the prayer of the, of the sick, when you lay hands on the sick, that the, one of the signs of believers would be that when they lay hands on the sick, they would recover. And of course, that's you know that's something that people question sometimes. Well, you know, why didn't God heal this person? Or I prayed for this person to be healed and they died. Uh, you know, we have to remember God is sovereign. And we don't have the final say in what God chooses. He knows what's best. He sees what's best. And we may not always understand why he chooses to do things the way he does or why he answers things the way that he does. Many times for us, especially in this uh, uh, time that we live in, you know, we're a, we're a quick turn around uh people you know we go we get to our microwave we want our popcorn done in two minutes 30 seconds you know we want our burrito done in a minute and a half you know we go to the drive-thru because we want to pick up our food and let's go we want to go home you know we want things done boom 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 quick 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 let's go let's go let's go get it done get it done get it done and the truth is that's not how the lord works he can choose to do things instantaneously and has done things instantaneously but there's times when he does things differently uh the bible puts it this way uh, the Bible conveys God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you look at the transliteration, uh, the word slackness there uh, doesn't mean like the word slack, like we consider today. Hey, you know, you're slacking. It doesn't mean that. It means tardiness. So what does that mean? It means God is never late. In other words, what he gets done, he gets it done at the time it should be done. And he does things for the reason they need to be done. He does bring that to fruition. And so uh, as we continue to talk about faith, I want us to think of the great chapter of faith. And we read about some of this in the book of Hebrews. Uh, and uh, there, these are references to, to things that happen in Genesis and, and in other parts of the Bible. But I want you to think of this. The scripture reads as follows. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which we obtain witness that he is righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh faith. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and he and he was not found, because God had translated him. For before translation he had his testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things yet not seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Going on further, verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, and in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had no foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who promised. Therefore sprang there even the one, and him as good as dead, so as many of the stars of sky and the multitude, and as the sand which is by the sea, short and innumerable. Now, as we look at these, these are all examples, these are all references to people having faith. Verse 13 ties this up and reads as follows. These all died in faith, 
not having received the promises. This is very alarming to a Christian. It was to me as when I, as a baby in Christ when I first came to the Lord many, many years ago. I read this as I was reading the New Testament. I was so hungry. I was just reading, reading. I just kept on reading. I couldn't seem to get enough. And when I came to this verse, it kind of shocked me that it said that all these people had died having that faith in God, but they didn't receive their promises. <laughs> but then after the comma, if you continue to read, listen to what this says. But having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. And so, when we look at what we're talking about here, what this is talking about is these people were trusting in God, believing in God, and even if God chose to answer the prayer after they were dead and gone, God still answers the prayer. And if you don't believe me, uh, and of course, you know, again, this is going to take faith. Um, when it rains, and, you know, let, put aside the physics for now. Sure, you can talk about a prism and talk about the water and the reflections of the sun and, you know, what causes us to be able to see the rainbow. Uh, these are studies that, you know, are in science and whatnot, and, and I'm a scientist, so... You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say, you know, that there's no uh, value in uh, having things seen through science or proven through science, because you know, of course, I see things that do happen. You know, interactions, chemical, chemical reactions, and whatnot. But when it comes to believing and trusting in who God is and what He does and the things that are written of Him, you're you're gonna have to make a choice. You're gonna have to choose to believe. Or not believe in God. You're going to have to choose to have faith in God. Or not have faith in God. And I per personally choose to have faith. That what I read in the scripture is true. And when I read about Noah. And I read about God making a promise to him. After uh, the flood had ended. And the waters receded. And Noah was able to land. And he worships the Lord at the altar. God makes him a promise. And in that promise he, he tells him. He's going to give him a symbol. And that symbol is the rainbow. And he says, every time you see this symbol, this is going to be a promise, that a reminder of a promise that I make to you that I will never end the world again in a flood. And he had wiped out all of the earth except for Noah and the people that he had on the ark with him that chose to believe. And so uh, what I want you to get from this, what I want you to understand from this is when you see that rainbow, Noah, Noah has been dead and gone for many, many, many years. But God is still putting that rainbow up in the sky. God is still allowing you to see that he's kept his promises. Uh, one last reference. The Bible tells us when God made this promise to Abraham to go out into that place, to go out into this land he did not know of, and promise him that he would have the son of promise, which of course we know ends up being uh, the son that he does have with Sarah. And uh, he has many, many, many children, literally, physically. But, but... When we talk about how God had promised him he would have as many children as the granules of sand or as many stars as we see up in the sky. Well, who can count them? There's so many. What that is, is a reference to the fact that through faith, well, if you if you look at Jesus Christ and you follow his lineage back in the book of Matthew, you're, you're going to find that Christ comes through the seed of Jesse, which is the seed of David. And if you go far enough back, you're going to see that it stems all the way back 
through that child of promise that is born of Abraham. And so every time a person comes to the Lord, every time a person comes and asks for forgiveness and the Lord saves them from their sin and, and gives them that eternal life, your, your name is written in that book of life. Another way of putting this is um, when you look back at the scripture, the Bible tells us that uh, the Lord through the faith, uh, Isaac, through that faith, Isaac comes and he blesses Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come by faith. Jacob then, when he's dying, also he blesses uh, both his sons. And so um, as we continue to hear about this faith, uh, just like in this in this salvation that we receive from the Lord that he purchased through the shedding of his blood, um, we see these examples of faith over and over again in the time of Moses. Uh, he basically, he was hidden three months by his parents uh, while all the other uh, children all the males were being killed. Uh, Moses is saved, and he ends up in the house of Pharaoh. And of course, we know this is this is a separate sermon. But as he grows up in the in the house of Pharaoh, eventually um, he sees one of his kinsmen uh, being abused, and so he rises up to defend him. And in the midst of that, he ends up taking you know somebody's life, and so he he leaves that place. But he was he was born. Uh, in his own faith and then he was raised in a different home uh, as his, the Pharaoh was and what happens is he has to make a decision based on what's happened and so God uses that God calls Moses through that burning bush and he tells he tells Moses these are the things that I want you to to do and Moses has trouble believing that and he has all these excuses well not you know I, I don't have the words you know I I stutter, I this, I that, and he, you know, finally, you know, the Lord gets kind of frustrated with him and tells him, you know, this is what you're going to do, this is what you're going to get done, I want to lead you through this, I want to help you, and God ends up using him to liberate the Israelites from the Egyptian captivity that they'd been in for so many years, and so all these things that happen, they happen through faith, they happen by faith, and the report that these people receive, as the scripture puts it, is all because of the faith in God. And so I want to go back to what I said. I was I started with at the beginning two things. One, uh, remember I'm not sure right now where you are with your faith. Whether you're just starting to believe in Christ, whether you're you've been believing in Christ for a little bit, or maybe you're you're a mature Christian. I've been serving the Lord for many years. Uh, but regardless of where you are, your faith can continue to grow. And I want to encourage you to feed your faith, feed your faith. And so again, you may ask the question, well. How, how do I feed my faith? How do I do this? Well, uh, listening to sermons such as right now, um, not because of me or not because of who I am, but the Word of God itself, what it does and how it helps us uh, is very important. And so we started off reading one of the verses earlier that said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Uh, when we look at that, the Bible also tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so remember your faith is crucial. Your faith is what helps you through the blood of the lamb. That is how you're going to convey your testimony. That's what will help you progress and be victorious. Your faith is what causes you to believe in God and be that pleaser of God. Your faith is what continues to allow you to have that hope. That's your evidence. That's your tangible, even though you don't have something physically in your hands. In your spirit, you are, you are 
grabbing hold of the promises that the Lord has made unto you. If the Lord has brought, told you he's going to bring you through something, uh, whether that be sickness or a financial struggle or, or a mental struggle or uh, whatever it is that you're going through, you're maybe having trouble in your marriage, having trouble in your body, just having trouble making ends meet, something or many things can be happening all at once. God is able to do all things. The Bible tells us that he is able to do all things. And so I want you to have that faith in God, that belief in God, that hope in God, that trust in God. Know that he's able to do all things. God is God, no matter if you're going through a struggle, through a valley, or whether you're going through uh, the top of your of your mountain peak right now in, in your walk with the Lord, your, everything's great. God is still God. He's still mighty to save. He's still God and mighty to be able to help you and bring you through your circumstance. And I want to encourage you, continue to read the Word of God, continue to listen to sermons, continue to worship and praise and uh, listen to the hymns and sing hymns unto yourself, and continue to think of those good things that the Lord has done for you already. And God will bring you through this, not because I've said it, but because His Word has said it. And the Bible tells us God cannot tell a lie. The Bible tells us, and I'll finish with this, that He's able to do all things. Nothing is impossible for him. And so I want you to trust in God and know and take confidence in that he is able to do the impossible. And not only that, but remember he's not slack concerning his promises. Don't give up just because you didn't get your answer when you wanted it or how you wanted it or you think that the way you think it should have been done. Don't give up on God. He's not giving up on you. If he was going to leave you, the time to have left it would have been before he went to the cross and died. Instead of going through all that pain and suffering. But yet instead, the Bible tells us, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He endured that cross to be with you. He endured that cross so that you could spend eternity with him. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon.